Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Tony Shea. He is the CEO of online shoe and clothing retailer Zappos.com, and prior to that little venture, uh, he uh, co-founded and sold Internet Advertising Network Link Exchange. He's a graduate of Harvard University, and today uh, we're also going to call him an author because we're going to talk about a book uh, that is going to come out any day now called Delivering Happiness, A Path to Profits, Passion, and Purpose. So, Tony, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, um, we will definitely get into this whole happiness riff that you uh, have really turned into uh, somewhat of your own personal brand, but certainly uh, infused Zappos with it too. But could, can you give us, just for the two people out there in the world that maybe are not that familiar with Zappos, um, a little bit of kind of the, the history of, of your involvement and, and growing that to this, and, and that can be the short version, but I, I, I want to set the table a little bit. Sure. And so uh, Zappos has been around for a little over 10 years now, and uh, uh, annually we do a little over a billion dollars in gross merchandise sales. Um, we start out selling shoes, but today we sell a lot more than shoes. We sell clothing, mm-hmm. uh, even housewares and kitchenware and beauty products. And uh, really the number one driver of our growth, You know, when we started we had no sales, and now uh, in 2000 was when we hit a billion dollars in gross merchandise sales for the first time. Uh, the number one driver has been through repeat customers and word of mouth. And internally, we like to say that we're a service company that just happens to sell shoes. And really, that's what we want the Zappos brand to be about. It's just the very best customer service and customer experience. So, uh, you know, we're hoping 10 years from now, people don't even realize that we started out selling shoes online. And it doesn't even actually have to be about shoes. We've talked about, uh, we, we've had customers email us and ask us if we would please start an airline. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I, in 20 or 30 years from now, I wouldn't actually rule out a Zappos Airlines. That's just about the very best customer service. So I guess one brand we look at for inspiration sometimes is Virgin. They're in a whole bunch of different businesses, music, airlines, and so on. The difference is the Virgin brand is more about being hip and cool, whereas we just want to be about the very best customer service. Well, and certainly the service and the culture are legendary. Uh, it's it's kind of a running joke at conferences that I go to now that uh, it's almost like a drinking game. Uh, you know, when everybody has to drink when the the next speaker uh, gets up there and cites Zappos as Zappos as a great uh, example of customer service. Um, is is that? Is that something that that you can honestly say, looking back ten years ago, was the big idea, or did it just happen because that's who you are? That's what this company became. Uh, no, I mean that definitely was not the original idea, and you know that's part. You know, a lot of people, if they just look at us from the outside or they just heard of us, they kind of think, oh, we must have had this master plan, and. Uh, you know, we've just been executing on it. But the truth is, we've made a ton of mistakes uh, along the way. And that's actually part of the point of my book that's coming out, Delivering Happiness, uh, because I kind of chronicle the big learnings and mistakes that uh, we've made at Zappos. And then even prior to Zappos, I made a ton of mistakes with uh, Link Exchange and other businesses I was involved with. So part of the point of the book is to you know, hopefully 
help other business owners and or just business people in general and entrepreneurs avoid some of the same mistakes that you know, we learned the hard way. And you know, there's definitely things that uh, I wish we did on day one, but we didn't figure it out till five years into it. And I, I think if we had done from day one, we would have gotten to where we are that much faster. And, and, and really, that's one of the big goals of the book. So you kind of failed your way to $1.2 billion. Nobody's buying that. But you'll find through, because I think, you know, it, especially as being an entrepreneur, it can be pretty lonely sometimes when you're, you, you know, you obviously have the people in, in your company, but a lot of times there's a lot of doubt, you know, you know, am I, am I uh, doing going down the right path, or uh, or just you know not really having a support system? And so, uh, you know, part of it is to show that it's actually normal. You know, there were tons of times in Zappos' history when we were on the brink of going out of business, and so I tell some of those stories uh, and how we overcame those challenges. You know, people really connect with stories, and I, I'm, I'm going to go on in that uh, point in a minute. But uh, I want to – this is a quote I grabbed. Um, you get quoted a lot, so I, I can't even remember where I grabbed this. But um, talking about the book, you said, I wanted to write a book to talk about the journey that I took in life in terms of what would bring myself long-term happiness. And what I accidentally discovered is that you can actually take concepts from happiness and apply it to business. So you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, so a couple, two or three years ago, um, I just as a hobby, like having nothing to do with Zappos, I just started just getting interested in this whole field. Uh, that's basically it's called positive psychology, um, but it's basically about the science of happiness. And uh, so I'm not talking about you know kind of going to the self-help section and buying books that say think positive and you'll be happy, but stuff that's actually based in, on research. And what's interesting about this field is prior to 1998, almost all of psychology was really about trying to figure out how do you take people that have something wrong with them and make them more normal. But almost nobody bothered to study how to take normal people and make them happier. So uh, one of the consistent findings in the research is that people are actually very bad at predicting what will bring them long-term happiness. So. Uh, if, for example, there's studies on lottery winners that look at their happiness level right before winning the lottery and then a year later, and they find that a year later it's the same or maybe even a little lower than it was right before winning the lottery. And so that's you know, pretty counterintuitive. And so I just started reading books and articles and just uh, you know, reading up on the research that's already been done. And then it kind of, I guess in some ways it seems obvious in retrospect, but maybe a year or so into it, realize, okay, at Zappos, we're really, you know, we, st we, we eventually figured out, okay, we really want to be about the best customer service and focus on making customers happy. And then we, for us, our company culture is our number one priority. Uh, and our whole belief is that if we get the culture right, then most of the other stuff, like del delivering great customer service or building a long-term enduring brand will happen naturally on its own. And so with all the culture stuff that we do, it's about making employees happy. And uh, and then we also tr try to apply that to our vendors as well. And so suddenly just had this aha 
uh, moment where I realized the stuff I was just learning about on my own as a hobby actually could be applied to business as well. And really, the Zappos brand, you know, the thing that encompasses all of that is we're about delivering happiness, whether it's to customers or employees or, or vendors and so on. And and then it was also interesting reading, you know, as I was reading up on this, some of the stuff that we had kind of experimented around with and maybe done on a more instinctual level, like actually makes perfect sense when you look at the different frameworks of uh, what actually makes people happy that the research has found. And then there's other stuff where because we had that framework, then we could be uh, a, take less of a trial and error approach to making employees happier or customers happier. You know, and the, the, the whole idea of this brand, you know, whatever the attributes are, I think so many people sort of focus outward with that. And, and I think that um, what you've done is focused maybe initially um, on making your employees happy uh, with the idea that, that they're probably going to treat the customers just about as, <laughs> as good as you're treating them. And I, I think a lot of organizations sort of miss that point because it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's not a direct line that people can see, do this with your employees and you will get this in sales. Um, is, is that something that you have determined that you can measure and analyze? Um. Well, I guess, you know, in, in theory, there, different companies go about it in different ways. And so there's some companies that really focus on how do we figure out all the systems and processes and procedures so that uh, the customer has a great experience. Uh, I, I think the challenge with that is it, it's almost impossible, or I would actually say it is impossible to take into account every possible customer touch point. Like you can take care of uh, and address the major ones, but it's the ones that uh, you don't, you can't anticipate for that really show whether the customer or whether the company cares about the customer at its core. And so, uh, you know, to your point about the external uh, part of it, I guess one way to look at it is that, you know, there are companies out there uh, that really focus more on the marketing side of things and it's that's about what the companies say. And then for companies that try to uh, prescribe for their employees on how to act, for example, you know, make sure to, uh, and they basically script their interactions. They say, okay, this is what you say when you do this with the customer in this situation, and then when this happens, then do this. And so those companies, I think, really focus more on what they, how they behave or what they do. And then for us, we've kind of taken a different approach where rather than focus on what we say or what we do our focus really more on who we are and that comes down to our core values and so we have 10 core values and you know a lot of companies have especially bigger corporations have uh, they might call them core values or guiding principles or so on but the difference is that usually they're kind of you know they're very lofty sounding and read kind of like a press release and maybe you learn about it on day one of orientation but then it's just this meaningless plaque on the lobby wall and for us, we wanted core values that we could actually commit to, and by committing to, meaning we're willing to hire and fire people based purely on the core values, regardless of their individual job performance. And then our performance reviews are also 50% based on whether they're living or inspiring the values in, 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 in others. And so uh, essentially what that boils down to is uh, 
making sure that we hire people whose personal values match the corporate values. And when that happens, you know, then, and if you do that consistently across the company, then suddenly every employee is just automatically living and exuding the brand just by being who they are naturally. And so you don't need to really prescribe all these different, um, you know, processes or procedures or, you know, behaviors that you ask them to do. This sounds like a marvelous time to tell the pizza story. <laughs> Are you tired of telling that story? Uh, sure. I, I can tell. So, so basically, um, uh, this happened a few years ago. Um, I was in Santa Monica and uh, you know, during the day for a sales conference with one of our brands, Skechers, and uh, at night, a bunch of us decided to go bar hopping. There was a few people from Zappos and a few people from Skechers. And you know we probably had one too many drinks and went back to the hotel room. And uh, one of the girls from Skechers really wanted to order a pepperoni pizza, and so called room service. But by then it was 3 a.m. and that hotel didn't serve hot food after 11 p.m. And so uh, we, in our inebriated state, the, the people from Zappos just started joking around and saying, oh, you should call Zappos, we're about the best service, blah, 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 and we'll take care of you, and really just as a joke. But she took us up on the dare and put it on speakerphone, you know, called Zappos, and uh, tried to order a pizza, and the rep uh, put her on hold and asked if she could be put on hold for a little bit, and then came back and uh, listed the five closest places in the Santa Monica area, area that were still open and delivering pizza at that hour. And so, you, you know, I guess this is, it's more, you know, clearly we don't have a process or procedure for late night drunken you know, pizza calls, but I, just, I think it's just a fun story to illustrate that if you get the culture right and make sure everyone understands the long-term vision of the company, then uh, things like this just kind of take care of themselves and and then you just slowly build your brand you know one customer interaction at a time but that takes a really uh it takes some guts really because it takes giving people a really long leash doesn't it i mean there's probably not a whole lot of immediate roi in looking up pizza joints right uh no but it's uh i i guess it's really just about creating as many stories that yeah customers want to tell and of course now are you stimulating more drunks to call you every time you tell that story <laughs> hopefully not but you know we'll, we'll take care of uh, we'll take care of them yeah well. so um i wonder there, there's a couple points uh in actually i have a couple things um uh, there's a couple points in the book that i wonder if you could say gosh you know here's how we do this at zappos or here's how i've learned to do this and then um uh, I, I mentioned on Twitter today that I was going to be interviewing you, and, and lo and behold, a couple of people said, can you ask Tony this? So I've got a couple of questions mm -hmm. from some folks as well. But uh, um, the, the, um, the, this is a story that I've, I know I've seen in several places, and, and, uh, but I think it's probably, it's probably something that's very, uh, uh, you know, illustrates a lot of what you're talking about. Um, you have a policy where you actually uh, offer people, and I've, I've heard at different amounts, 1000 to $2,000 after after being there a brief period of time uh, to quit. You want to talk about why in the world you do that? Uh, sure. So everyone that's hired in our headquarters here in Las Vegas, it doesn't matter what position you're in, you can be an accountant or a lawyer or software developer, you go through this exact same training uh, as our 
what we call it our customer loyalty team, but our our, our call center reps. And it's basically a four-week program, and we go over company history, the importance of company culture, and our philosophy about customer service. And, and then you're actually on the phone for two weeks taking calls from customers. And at the end of the first week of training, of training we make an offer to uh, everyone in the class, and the offer is we'll pay you for the time that you've already spent training plus a bonus of $2,000 to quit and leave the company right now. And that's actually a standing offer for uh, until the end of training, and, and we've actually just extended it even more beyond that. And part of the reason we do that is to weed out the people that are. We don't want people that are working at Zappos just for the money. And you know, for a call center rep, starting pay is $11 an hour. There's plenty of other call centers here in Las Vegas, and so $2,000 is a pretty significant chunk of money for them. And Really, we want people who really feel this is a place where uh, it's the culture where they feel at home that you know matches their own uh, values and personality, and they really believe in the long-term vision of the company, and are willing to walk away from two thousand dollars in order to work towards help work towards that vision. That uh, the offer actually originally started out at a hundred dollars, and we. Continue. The reason I think you've heard different numbers is because yeah. we keep upping the offer, and it's now at two thousand dollars. And so, do you get people to take you up on that? Uh, yeah. So the first year we did it, about three percent of people took the offer, uh, and then the next year it was one percent. Uh, I don't think anyone took the offer last year, and so that's part of the reason why we keep upping the offer. Yeah. Because so so. There's a belief, I think, in that that, and maybe maybe you would up it to the point where somebody'd have to think long and hard about it, right? Because there's a, a your feeling is that uh, somebody who is willing to take the money probably didn't have what you were looking for long term. Uh, so that was actually the original thought behind it. But what we've actually found the biggest benefit is actually from the people that don't take the offer because. They still have to go home and talk to their friends and family over the weekend and ask themselves, is this a company that I really want to commit to? And when they come back into the office on Monday and turn down the offer, you know, they're that much more committed and passionate about their work and the company, and that's, that's actually been the biggest benefit. That is a tremendous point. Uh, another line that runs through the book is this idea of making customer service uh, you know, everyone's in the customer service. There's, uh, there's not just a, a department. So, you know, how do you, I mean, how do you, practically speaking, really drive that through out, not just the culture, but but every job function. Uh, well, I mean, the easiest example is just that because everyone goes has gone through the call center training during our busy season and the holidays, uh, people from every department actually can and do jump on the phones and, and, and answer phone calls. And, and so uh, that's probably the, the clearest example. But it's really a philosophy that we try to apply in everything we do, whether it's to each other as customers. So for example, HR views the rest of the company as their customers. And, uh, and then for merchandising, and that department views, uh, even though technically you know, we're buying from our vendors, uh, we, we've got we work with over a thousand different brands 
um, technically we're their customer, but we also treat them as mm -hmm. if they're our customer. And for example, we'll pick them up from the airport, and we always try to pick up the dinner tab, and uh, we throw a big party for them to show our appreciation for the partnership that we have with them. Yeah, and I think that if more businesses looked at the, those relationships as true partnerships, I think uh, they'd probably find that uh, you know those the, the the organizations you mentioned are probably willing to pick you up in some of those cases when you talked about uh, hey times were tough or we we had some situation happen can you you know can you extend us different terms or something and and I think that that's probably how you build those relationships. Yeah. Um, the. There was one more that uh, that I had on here. Um, the you talk about the science of happiness, um, and obviously uh, title of the book, uh, but but it almost reads a bit more like uh, a movement that you personally, you through Zappos, is is trying to sp spread really to the business world in general. Would you would you say that's accurate i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't i missed that last time well, well i was just saying to... would you say that it's accurate to it's not just a book that that in a way you you are uh sort of trying to start a movement or at least uh, uh teach people about a movement uh, of this kind of science of happiness that as a, as a way of business yeah yeah that's something that we uh i think kind of real so so at zappos we offer tours to the public uh and we give tours monday through thursdays here in las vegas and uh Anyone that wants to sign up can just go to tours.zappos.com and sign up, and we'll pick you up in the Zappos shuttle and so on. And so we realized that as we started having more and more people come in for tours, people would ask us questions like, uh, oh, you know, how, how do you, what are your interview questions? How do you hire? Or how do you, you know, how do you make sure in providing great service to customers that you don't get taken care taken advantage of by customers or how do you make sure that a rep doesn't give too much to a customer and put, that's bad for the company financially for example and so we started out just kind of answering those questions uh, just during the tours and but then we started getting more people that wanted to go a lot more in depth and so we actually have a department now called Zappos Insights, and it has its own separate website. If you go to zappos.insights.com, uh, there's everything ranging from a monthly subscription video service to uh, you can come in for a two-day immersion in 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 what we do, and we have different departments pre heads present and so on, and uh, and help other companies develop their own strong cultures and, and values that are right for their companies and and then and then and, and so it's really all about sh sharing what we we've learned and, and the mistakes we've made and then part of, and that's also the point of the book is to really hopefully have other companies feel inspired to focus more on the happiness of employees and customers because I think you know maybe 50 years ago, Profit. You had to make a choice between profits and um, and happiness of whether customers or employees. Whereas I think we're living in a different time now, uh, partly because information just travels so quickly on the internet via Twitter or blogs and and so on uh, that companies are becoming more and more transparent whether they like it or not. And so uh, what we're hoping is, you know, through the book and through the stuff we're doing at Zappos really other companies can see that it actually is possible to uh, combine profits, passion, and purpose, and, and that actually 
using happiness as a framework is actually in today's world the right strategy for the long-term financial health of the company and um, and really we don't want it to just be about oh where's Zappos and you know we've got a great culture and great customer service good for us like it's really about spreading and sharing what we've learned to other companies and hopefully inspiring other companies to focus more on culture and customer experience. And I know you have uh, become uh, a very active speaker on, on that very subject, and uh, I know that you're, I assume that you're going to stay pretty active doing that, and maybe maybe that'll in some way become your primary role. Uh, it's, I, I guess one of the tough things about speaking is it's, it doesn't scale well. There's only right. one in me and so many hours in a day. Uh, and so, it's, yeah, so it's not just me. We actually have other people from Zappos that speak at, as well. It just depends on the nature of the conference. But that was one of the other reasons for writing the book is the book is a lot more scalable. Right. You can get it out to, to a lot more, more people. And then we also have, and really actually the book is meant more as kind of a, a, a starter to this happiness movement that we want to spread, but there's also a website for the book, and right. that's at deliveringhappinessbook.com. And right now, in, we're kind of in pre-launch mode because the book comes out June 7th, and so it's really more chronicling what we're doing to get ready for the launch. And that's actually been a lot of fun because it's almost like its own mini startup, and we've got a team of 10 people working part-time on it, to, and there's a thousand one things going on at once. But then post-launch, once the book is actually out, the website is really meant, it is going to transform into a kind of hub for anyone that's interested in mm. being part of the movement, you know, for entrepreneurs and businesses to support each other and say, oh, you know, we tried this idea, which didn't cost a lot, but had this amazing effect, a positive effect on employee morale. And then for people to share ideas and really help spread this idea of, your happiness. Awesome. Um, Tony, I sure appreciate you taking the time. I know you have a, a lot of uh, requests for this type of thing, but uh, a really tremendous topic, um, something I'm very interested in. I know a lot of small businesses, this this whole line, you know, whether they're going to sell their business for, you know, whatever millions of dollars or they just want to go home a little earlier at night with a little more satisfaction and and, uh, and maybe there's two or three of them working in the business. I think this this topic is one that is extremely important. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, oh, one thing actually, I, I should mention is: uh, do you have bloggers that? I assume you have bloggers that subscribe to your podcast. Absolutely. Um, and, and so we actually have. Um, we're giving away advanced copies of the book to bloggers, and you can get all the details at on the website deliveringhappinessbook.com. And then for people that aren't bloggers, we're actually giving a free advanced copy every day between. Uh, now in, in launch in a random drawing. So, uh, yeah, so check out the website. Well, I will send some bloggers your way, Tony. Okay. Great. All right. I appreciate it very much and uh, looking forward to, uh, to diving into the book some more. All right. Thanks a lot.